Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dime Comic Bros podcast. This is the first time in quite a few weeks that uh, all three of us are together. Uh, technically, we were together last week, but unfortunately, uh, the machines invaded our, our mainframe last week and deleted the file. So this is the first time that we are all back together again. Uh I am your host, Jacob, joined by Colin and Spencer. Hello. Hello. Yeah. So this, also, this is also the first time we're recording remotely in a while. Blech. Yes. Gross. No Very deal. exciting. Oh, quite. So I don't have an opening joke per se, but I have an opening thought. Uh, I'm not reusing the opening joke from last week. Uh, all of our listeners missed it, and that's their fault. So that joke is gone to forever. Just kidding. I'll reuse it next week when I don't have anything funny to say. But this week's opening thought. I heard somebody call Moon Knight as White Spawn, and I didn't know how to feel about that. Completely Please wrong. discuss. Completely wrong. Same vibes. Mm, I don't think so. Uh, Spawn's what? demonic, while Moon Knight is just like Egyptian vibes. Moon Knight is like Batman mixed with Hawkman, but cape, but cape, but but spooky and cape, and also four of them. True, four of them. Three, four. Do you want to die? Not today, maybe tomorrow. What's up? Big is recording right now. Yes. Is that your idiot brother? That was one of our patrons. One of our patrons (laughs) lives lives with us and can't help but be a little sussy baka, a little simp, you know? (laughs) But no. Ask us if we had games on our phone. Uh no, I I don't think those two don't correlate for me. Maybe because the lack of no knowing everything spawn, but just no like face. just just uh just bait like face value. No, I don't see it at all. No no face mat they just mask, no face though, you know. Moon Knights is just white or it's just purely black, while spawn has detail in his mask. So anyway, let's uh, let's get into the news. So Netflix released the first trailer for Lock and Key season two, which is dropping October twenty second. Um, it kind of felt like an extended version of the teaser from a couple of weeks ago. There wasn't a lot more to it. Eh. That's coming quick. I'm I'm excited. It feels like forever ago when season one came out, because I think it dropped right at the beginning of COVID, and it's been a little bit, and COVID time has been elongated because the world has been a hellscape. So it it wasn't really that long ago, but it feels like it's been a decade. 
DC slash HBO Max has released a poster and key art for Young Justice Phantoms slash Young Justice Season 4. I feel like a couple years ago, I'd be like, oh my gosh, Young Justice! It's broken! Um, Sorry, that was... That was TikTok seeding into my brain. Um, Gross. I mean, Young Justice is cool. I just haven't finished season three. I think that they kind of lost the momentum off of season three um, because everyone got really excited. It came back and there was a bit of a quality drop, but it was cool. It was back. And that was in, I think, 2017 or 2018. Was it? Oh, right. That was when it was in DC. It was DC Universe. Yeah, Yeah, DC Universe. Yeah. Where no one wanted to get. Right. So it's been uh, a while and I feel like it, it, maybe it was necessary. Maybe they're upping the animation quality or whatever. I'm assuming COVID had something to do with it, but that's a long time of for an already, yay, the show's back. And then we got to wait like another like four years again. That's weird. Miss Martian has her hair back. She's not a white bald weirdo. Yes. I like like white bald weirdos though. No, I don't. I I only like my Mexican bald weirdos. I bet Colin's going to be excited for this when it drops. He's going to be like, yeah, I'll try it, and then just binge it all in one night. Yeah, that's usually how it works. Like, right now, I'm not very excited, but, like, I, I get into moods right now. Like, I'm in BTAS mode right now. I cannot watch anything other than BTAS right now. You have worms in your brain. I do. I, I, gotta, I, I <laughs> yes. do what the stone says. You have, like, I got worms maggots. in my brain, and I got to follow what they say. Otherwise, uh, depression. Colin really is kind of like Morty. He just does what the crystal tells him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I you do are, as the crystal guides. Just, I, yes. Wrong, but okay. Wrong. It's not at all. Mm. You're Which like... one of us is Okay, Rick? so... so None of us. You're not Rick. <laughs> I would be Rick. Congratulations, no. you're a fucking sociopath. Yeah, the three of us, I'd be Rick. You'd be a really pissed off Morty. So like no, the Morty Spencer that pretended would, to be a robot. Spencer um, would be Summer. No, you'd be Summer. <laughs> Who are you to talk? You'd so be Summer with that hair of yours, bud. <laughs> that ponytail. Jeez. Oh, jeez, Rick. From StarWars.com. Uh, StarWars.com is thrilled to reveal four new books featuring never before told tales from across the Star Wars saga. Star Wars Shadow of the Sith, a novel from author Adam Christopher, takes place after Star Wars Return of the Jedi and finds Luke Skywalker and Lando Calrissian on a mission to locate Exegol. The novel Star Wars Brotherhood by Mike Chen follows Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker amidst the chaos of the Clone Wars and Skywalker's rise to Jedi Knight Star Wars Stories of Jedi and Sith, a new middle grade anthology features adventures from 10 acclaimed authors and the young adult novel star wars padawan by kirsten white depicts obi-wan in his early days as a student of qui-gon i'm excited for that last one as always whenever they uh decide to do extended uh media trying to make the the sequel trilogy less garbled you got to give them props for it i'm gonna i feel bad for uh, adam christopher having to write a novel about bullshit <laughs> it'll probably be good you know you got that um which one are you referring to uh shadow of the sith yay exegol nobody cares but we kind of have to acknowledge it you know 
But more Obi-Wan stuff is good. Of course. Hello there. Dad. Yeah. Uh, have an exclusive from Variety.com. A WandaVision spinoff featuring Katherine Hahn is in development at Disney Plus from Marvel Studios. Variety has learned exclusively from sources. Han would reprise the role of Agatha Harkness in the series, which is described by sources as a dark comedy, though exact plot details remain under wraps. WandaVision head writer Jacques Schaefer would serve as the writer and executive producer producer on the project. Should the spinoff go forward, it would be the first project Schaefer has set up with Marvel since she signed an overall deal with them and 20th Century Television in May. Um, so we don't know if it's going to end up like actually going forward, which is kind of important to note. Honestly, I think this might actually have some uh, reason to exist. I feel like a lot of the Disney Plus shows are overlapping way too strongly, but this one feels like you can tell this over a really long period of time with a lot of different stuff in it. Uh, I won't care until I see set photos. I'm pretty excited for it. She was kind of... I'm not going to say carrying this show because we wondered if she was the main villain for a little while or i wondered but um but she turned out to be a huge player in the show she was like one of three main characters basically so <clears throat> especially with them calling it a dark comedy wandavision could fall in that genre already and it did it well so i'm excited to see where this goes i i i think the cool part is that they already have a theme song made for it, and that's why they're doing it exclusively because they already have a song. <laughs> that's fair. Of course. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's how our show was made, so. True. We, <laughs> we can break this one up into chunks for the child. No, I just... I can do this. It's uh, just so uh-huh. fucking stupid. From gizmodo.com, Though Wayne Family Adventures DC and Webtoons weekly comic that follows the adventures of Batman and his unruly children only began publishing online a few weeks ago, the Webtoon exclusive series quickly amassed the sort of gargantuan readership that traditional comics publishers dream about. As part of this year's Batman Day, DC's just announced via IGN, a live-action series of shorts adapted from Wayne Family Adventures that's set to be produced by Isma Hawk and debut on the Production House's YouTube channel. News of a fully produced live-action adaptation of a week's-old comic might be surprising, but DC seems to have been working on the project for quite some time. Now, given that it's already got a full cast and is just a few days from premiering. Jonathan Bentley heads up Wayne Family Adventures cast as the titular patriarch of Gotham's Bat Family, who warmly welcomes newcomer Duke Thomas, Duchant Fiction Stegel. What? Duke Thomas, a young metahuman, into their ranks soon after he begins patrolling in the city of Bruce's kids, of Bruce's kids, Dick Grayson has the most experience working with and being raised by the Dark Knight, which is why it's easy for him to see others like Jason Todd, Tim Drake, and Damian Wayne as his younger brothers. Like the co- comic, like the comic, Isma Hawk's series will also include versions of Barbara Gordon, Stephanie Brown, 
Cassandra Kane, and Alfred Pennyworth. Also similar to the comic, the live action series will skew more comedic than Bam Smack Pow as its focus is more on the Bat family, interpersonal dynamics, and their downtime rather than their superheroics, which will immediately set it apart from other Bat-Kid-obsessed projects like HBO Max's Titans. So I read some panels, and immediately I was like, I fucking hate this. Why? I fucking hate that people are enjoying this, and it's just... I think it's dumb. I think it's stupid. I think the art's awful and simple, but not in a good way. Mm-hmm. And it looks like NSFW fan art straight off of Reddit, but instead of it being porn, it's um oh, sort of like Okay, so you don't like the fact that it's webtoon and produced out of house, essentially. No, and no. I just don't like it from the reasons that I said. That's that's what I mean. It's produced like essentially the, by fans. Essentially. It looks like fan art. Yeah. But it's like fan art. I don't I don't so when it's just people being people and there's no like real meaning to it other than maybe like emotions between characters, I don't like that. I don't like that in the story or like, even if it's not a story, I don't like that as a, as just a thing existing. It annoys me. All right. Point is Colin hates fun. Uh, this series, uh, <laughs> I was really surprised by when it came out because this typically isn't the sort of stuff I'm into, um, but it got announced and I have been keeping up with it because it's free. Um, and it's not totally up my alley, but it's fun as shit. Uh, I can kind of get the idea with the art that you're talking about. I can, I can see what you mean. It looks like trash, <laughs> but this is one of the many things that DC and Marvel really need to do to actually bring in casual viewers and new readers because we need new people. There's a reason all of our shit is dying because nothing is new reader friendly. It needs to expand into other mediums with fresh continuity, doing other shit that isn't just beating the shit out of people. It's fun. Everybody can fucking read it. I could get my parents to read it. I could give it to a six-year-old. More importantly... Ismahawk apparently didn't die and they're still kicking, which is fucking awesome. That's the only thing that seems good about this to me is that it's Ismahawk. Well, I mean, considering they're not going to be doing any actual fighting, it's going to be those guys sitting around in costumes doing the same shit you already don't like. No. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. So I've seen some YouTube videos about it. I haven't actually read it for myself, but a lot of people have agreed that it's divisive, that it's, uh, if you don't like the art style or the storytelling type, then you're just not going to like it. It doesn't change. It knows what it's going for and it does what it sets out to do. But if you don't like that, you're just, that's where you're at. (laughs) But if you do like it, it's something that you are going to enjoy. It's just, you're either in or out. There's no really in between on it. So I have yet to read it. I actually downloaded Webtoons and just completely forgot about it. So I'll get there. Nice. That's the end of the news. Uh, So main topic uh, for this week is Dark Knight's Metal, just the main six-issue miniseries, uh, which was published in June 2017 
until March of 2018, written by Scott Snyder and penciled by Greg Capullo. Um, Just in case our listeners are wondering, that is why the theme song is different for this episode and the two episodes to follow. So the story involves Batman discovering a dark multiverse that exists beneath the core DC multiverse. It is revealed that both multiverses are connected through mysterious metals that Batman has encountered over the years. His investigations eventually result in him releasing seven evil versions of himself from the dark multiverse, led by the dark bat god known as Barbados, who plans to unleash darkness across every Earth. So, I'm going to get out my paddle, put some splinters in your ass. Sure. You don't get an opinion. Mm, Wrong, but okay. Well, your opinion means nothing because you haven't read it. I have read it. I have not finished reading it. How far are you? Probably three issues. <gasps> Point being, Colin hasn't finished the story, so Jacob, knock yourself out. Uh, one thing that Colin has probably gotten to is in the first two or three pages of the actual metal event book, uh, when somebody's talking about using a fulcrum and I believe it's flash says uh, we're fulked and nobody notices it. And uh, it's like after the title card splash page that they're like riding home from whatever fight that was. He's like, I liked my fulked joke. I like that. I, I too like his fulked joke. It feels like that's kind of Flash's dynamic in that Justice League lineup is the comedic relief that nobody's really paying attention to. Like, right. it's for the reader. It's not for the group he's in. And it, it just kind of a couple other times. Yeah. Um, I really liked the opening mech battle against... Um, that was... Is that Magog? Let me look that up real quick. Mongrel? Where they, uh, there we go. It's Mongol. Oh. There we go. Thank you. They did a mech battle. Like, come on. Oh. It's cool. What's no. the old cartoon where they always, not Voltron. Power Rangers, but. Voltron. Yeah. Yes. They pulled a Voltron. That was awesome. It I think it sets so the tone. Cool. It definitely sets the yeah. tone for how retarded this book is going to be. <laughs> it's just, it doesn't make sense. Shut up. Deal with it. Right. Just <laughs> have fun with it. It's the point of the book. Um, that leads me to another point, actually. Uh, when they bring out Starro and they fill in like a little bit of backstory about why Starro is different, they have a little uh, note kind of like, hey, readers, read freaking Flash 105 back in 1962 or whatever. But <laughs> the editor is like, uh, Scott, when did this happen? And it just has a little rock fist <laughs> that happens a couple of times like that type of a joke of like it's a reference and the editor's like i guess yeah that uh, it it feels like a nice amount of self-awareness um, basically the rock fist is just the middle finger but they were being nice about it <laughs> yeah um on the whole i really like how hawkman is relevant for once and is equally yes. as integral to this event as batman is it was a really not, unic- 
not just his weapon because of the metal, but he's the keeper of the forge. He's like yeah. integral to the story. Yes. I, it just, it's so, frankly, I've always found um, that species whose name I can never remember how to pronounce uh, to be kind of boring and they don't mean much. Like they're just people in bird costumes. Um, and I think the Justice League cartoon has something to do with that. He, him and Hawkgirl are portrayed super vanilla. Um, I've never found them to be interesting at all, but this event is like, actually there's a ton of mythology here. We're going to take advantage of and tie it in to the, the Batman mythology and like mysticism and stuff, but it never feels like when the amazing Spider-Man makes Peter Parker destined to become Spider-Man. It never feels like that where it, it, it full ass is like this specific, this Bruce Wayne will become Batman exactly because of this. It, it's more vague and could have been like fulfilled in different ways. And I appreciate that. So it doesn't turn the main continuity into like destiny bullshit. So in the very beginning and in the very end of uh, the main event book, Swamp Thing gets a little cameo. And I really, really wish that he'd been uh, a bigger player in things. He could have been, metalized pretty pretty badass and I, I think that was a missed opportunity i agree with you and i don't know this for sure but i think he has more to do with death metal i don't know that for sure um perfect but that would be very very cool um seeing baby dark side was also really cool um like it's so bizarre if you don't know what the prior events leading up to this were and you kind of don't need to know it's just Dark side's a baby now. Deal with it. Like, and it, it, it is set up in prior um, series and it does continue his story after this, but it's not actually relevant. It's just right. Batman running around with the dark side strapped to him. It's, I love that it's not relevant. It's just like he's a baby now, deal with it. He's got a, he's got a big old head, big red eye. It's so funny. It's it's yep. a funny image to look at. Um, particularly it with was, how like Greg Capullo pencils him. He's just ugly little wrinkly baby. <laughs> Still a little potato kid. Yes. It was quite jarring. So the first time I read this, I went in chronological order. And then for this month, for the reviews, I'm reading it uh, separately per book. And uh, Batman comes across as just super angsty. Like, I think the plot of the metal event is explained better when you read it chronologically, but reading just this book by itself is like, Batman's just being a whiny little bitch, basically. Like, yeah, a little bit. He's playing the lone wolf too hard, but I, it makes more sense with all of the context, I think. Yeah, because he doesn't end up actually playing lone wolf as much. We just don't see it um, in the right. main series. Um, right. speaking of lone wolfing stuff, I really liked the like issue and a half where Superman was like stuck in nightmare world, like in his own brain. That was really cool. Um, we don't get a lot of Superman and his own like mental state, I guess. Personal um, demons. Yeah. He's not usually isolated from the team dynamic in, in the justice league story. Um, so I really liked that. It also is just a good way to, you know, remove reduce the power level drastically right. um, that was just really i cool. i love all the, the the seven versions of batman 
I yes. can't wait to review that book because it sounds so hokey if you're trying to tell somebody about it, but they did such a great job with it. Yep. And so when I first read it, I didn't actually realize that it's just literally the seven members of the Justice League that aren't like him. At first, I didn't right. grasp on that because I'm stupid. Like, and then as soon as I looked at it, I'm like, oh, duh. It just, it made it, it, somehow it was presented in a way that doesn't feel like hot Justice League member plus Batman, even though that's quite literally what it is. Um, so I really appreciated that. They all have u- very unique skill sets and personalities and stuff that's actually taken advantage of instead of it just being like set dressing. And I argue the best one is the most changed one. Can you guess? Oh boy. Um, I can't remember their names. I just remember the other hero that he's merged with. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's fine. I don't remember the name either, but I think the best one is the gender swapped Aquaman one. I did. I think it's the one with the most amount of potential. It just didn't feel like it was explored too much. I did like it though. Um, I like that one a lot. Personally speaking, I really like Red Death. Yes, that one's great too. It, it's cool and it had a whole bunch of Dark Knight Returns imagery. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it, I do look forward to getting into those in, in depth. That will be very fun. We'll take a poll, you know, the whole deal. Um, speaking nice. of cameos, um, something that was super unexpected the first time I read this was that Dream as in Sandman cameos in this fucking thing. And it's yep. so out of left field, but it makes complete sense. Um, and then awesome. reading, yeah. And then reading Scott Snyder talk about him, like asking Neil Gaiman to borrow his character was so wholesome. It is really funny. Um, it, it felt like a natural extension and a good way to link, uh, to, to further emphasize that the universes are linked and he as a concept exists everywhere. It's just, it was really, so it was very nice. briefly summarize what the Sandman does. He is the Sandman. His name is Dream. He makes dreams. No, I mean, in, <laughs> in this book. In this um, book. I'm trying to flesh out like, what happens in the books that we review. Um, simps. Basic, I, I mean, not much. He more so gives um, Batman and Superman perspective. I think would be the easiest way to put it. He shows them more of the the scope of what's going on without directly intervening. And and it, it it works into the theme of what dream does as, as working more uh, of his dreams into the daytime of like imagination uh, of how he's expanding their brains and going, you're not seeing the bigger picture of how this is going to work because you're dumb. And I didn't give you enough dreams last night, I guess. Like he feels almost um, I'm going to say it. He's like Tom Bombadil a little bit um, in the sense that he doesn't seem super necessary for the story and it feels kind of random, but the expansion of the perspective for like the protagonist is really necessary and adds a lot more um, it, it expands the scope of the story for the reader as well as the characters, if that makes any sort of sense. 
So when you say that he gives Batman and Superman a new perspective, you're saying that they realize it's about family? I don't have friends. I got family. Jacob, I want to reach through the internet and beat you to a pulp. We do not say right, the uh, F slur in this house. <laughs> I have one last point. Uh, the final scene, uh, the artwork feels really, really reminiscent of dinner scenes in Marvels depicted by Alex Ross. Just, I don't know if it's the attire or if it's because the artwork, the, the pencils and, and colors are softer or if it's just uh like the the century that the clothing is from i don't freaking know but it's just so soft and classy it looks like something out of that book and it, especially because it's such a stark contrast from the fight scene where everybody's all heavy metal it's nice I can kind of see that. I more liked it because it was um, it was a tone setter for everything moving forward. Because this is soft, cov, continuity shifting, not really whatever. Because this was during that really awkward period of time where Jeff Johns and Scott Snyder seemingly were arguing about continuity because right. they had a shit ton of events and they were supposed to all align and then they didn't. Kind of, but it it, it felt like. It, it unironically felt like, ah, yay, hope and optimism. Like, this is like a new morning after the battle type deal. It, it, I don't know. It was it was good vibes. It was very nice. Um, and then one more thing. Also, I like the fact that they literally had to wear plot armor. They put on plot armor. Yes. Dude. That's the, I, one of the best fourth wall jokes I've read in God knows how long. <laughs> also, they used the Legion of Doom from super friends like the ship deep within a bleak and dismal swamp hidden beneath its murky waters lies the headquarters of the most sinister villains of all time a legion of doom so weird very strange there's a dragon is that it for metal there's there's a dragon yeah. with a with a clown dragon. face bruh that's basically it. Um, I greatly enjoy it. I definitely think reading just the series on its own is kind of tricky because so yeah. many other things do happen outside of the main narrative. It's fun. Fun stuff is fun. Well, speaking of fun, shall we talk about Marvel's What If? Penis. Uh, yes, the finale for this season. Episode nine, What If the Watcher Broke His Oath? which is before anything in the actual episode, this was supposed to be a 10 episode season. Uh, apparently the Gamora episode, like for the character that we see in this episode got delayed for whatever reason. Huh? And that's Dang. why, that's why she wasn't set up at all in this season. Um, but it, it, by the sounds of it, they're not going to expand the roster next season. They're, they they want to keep working with these characters. And I think that's a really smart idea. That's good. Also means we don't have to worry about like, Death. more i mean yeah more like every season we need a new multiverse breaking bad guy like yeah fuck that let's now that we've kind of resettled everything let's follow their stories a little bit more but anywho 
Um, I don't really want to restrict it to just these guys, though. Like, they can keep adding more people, but it doesn't have to be this year's big bad. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 they, I, they probably will, particularly because at least one of the characters, I don't think they're going to be uh, continuing with a new actor. Uh, I, I don't think they'll end up doing that. So that's one plot line we won't be following. Um, basically, this was the Avengers episode. <laughs> It's really all it was. It was the Watcher and then um, freaking Doctor Strange Supreme assembling a team. And then they fought the bad guy. It was cool. This, I mean, this one really worked for me. I same. Like, it, I, it, it was more than the cherry on top. It was like, that made this show worth it. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely agree. I think the only, um, ironically enough, what was my favorite episode of the season, I think doesn't work in this narrative of Thor is completely useless to this team lineup. He's just a fucking idiot. And the episode was funny. Jacob and I really liked it, but he serves no function. Like this is your dream multiversal team. This jackass serves no purpose. Uh That was just kind of weird. The rest of them all make sense. It's different for his character, though. He's usually not the 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 comedic break. I guess he, he's usually, kind of. I mean, Thor three broke that a little bit, but I yeah. mean, usually he's the serious character. So they're I've, flipping his character. A he doesn't lot. have an arc, though. So what I feel like with him is that he's. He's a comedic. He is the comedic character, but not on purpose. He's yeah. that frat guy who thinks he's serious. Oh, for sure. That's what he is. It's just more like, why did the creators choose to add him to the team? Whereas he doesn't. He for us, he's funny. That's it. He serves no plot function. Yeah. Um. He doesn't learn anything. He doesn't have an arc. Whereas not the yet. other characters do. It just that seems kind of weird. In particular, because they left out. Zombie Hunter Spider-Man, and frankly, I'm kind of butthurt about that. Oh, they did. Because I was waiting for that to happen. I thought they might pull some like weird like Civil War like parallel shenanigans, but they never did. They reintroduced the zombies and and uh, the, the zombified Scarlet Witch, which was nice. They did use elements from all the other episodes, but they left out other heroes that could have been didn't, useful. Didn't zombie Spidey get turned? into a zombie mm, no it was him ant-man's head and um black panther escaping gotcha like so that was kind of weird i don't know maybe they just maybe sony was being completely cringe about spider-man usage or something i mean we could just maybe blame it on sony back next season maybe that would be nice Who knows? Uh, i did i really liked how all of the elements actually came together whereas i don't think all of the episodes have really worked well cohesively the elements right. that they used in this episode did. Whereas you had, you know, like, okay, hey, you can't destroy the stones in this universe with this weapon from another universe. That's not how that shit works. We've already established that in an episode that we haven't seen yet, but like, it makes sense. You have the arrow with the Zola virus on it. I thought that was really cool. You have the stupid Killmonger being like, ah, yes, I am bad guy now. You know, that was expected. Like, it all came together and made sense, which is cool. Killmonger taking 
the stones reminded me of Boromir trying to get the ring. Because I just listened to Fellowship, but <laughs> it was the mm. same motives. I think you're onto something there, actually. Probably not intentionally. It's just kind of in, like an archetype, but it is true. He wasn't doing it because he's like, I am bad guy now. He was doing essentially what he would have done in that scenario in like the, the regular movie. The, he's the just also crazy. For the right goals. Right. He also looked really cool in the suit. Sue me. <laughs> um, getting to see freaking uh, Doctor Strange Supreme actually do stuff was nice. That was cool. He's got his weird squid powers. We love emo Doctor Strange. Uh, I meant to say earlier when you were talking about it that it felt like a huge plot hole to begin with. Like, why don't all of these new Avengers, these multiverse guardians of the multiverse, uh, just go to other universes and get the Infinity Stones from there? And then they're all OP to beat Vizhitranos. But but <laughs> then they said that the stones from the other universes wouldn't work. So Yeah, I, I thought that that was really nice. It also was able to bring in um, the Black Widow from that universe. And that wasn't something I was expecting. But once I realized that when they went back to that universe and then they're like, crap, we can't destroy the stones here. I just was like, oh, dang. So that means we can revisit like characters from this universe. And then we get the Black Widow inclusion in the lineup. And she was kind of like really important for this episode. And I thought that was pretty nice. Um, and if I'm being honest, I thought they were going to ship her and Captain Carter really hard. And I was kind of disappointed. <laughs> what? Don't look at me like that. That's surprising coming from you because... I would have said the same thing and expected to get crap from you. So I agree. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, so Colin, think about it. So if it's a, it's a, a twisted version of what happens in, in winter soldier, right? So she's trying to set up the, the super black widows trying to set up the super soldier person with like dates and whatever, but you know, there was always, <clears throat> at least that I can remember <clears throat> speculation from people being like, Oh my gosh, do they have chemistry? Ooh, uh -huh. Are they going to, and they didn't. And oh, I'm glad yeah. they didn't because uh -huh. I don't think, I think that relationship works well the way that it did. Mm -hmm. But when you switch all the characters around, I don't know. It felt like they, they were mm -hmm. like, they, they did have really cool best friend vibes, but also was like, there could be more going on there. Maybe not. I don't know. It could have been be that 12 year old girl on Reddit. Do not be that 12-year-old girl on Reddit. Shut up. I'm not Colin saying I'm not saying I'm disappointed. <laughs> I'm just a little surprised because I thought I was getting those vibes. And I would have not thought it was out of left field, but it was cool that they returned Black Widow to another universe. Um, there was a moment in my stomach where I went, shit, is this how they're gonna bring Black Widow back? And then I went, never mind, you're stupid. Because I was wrong, because <laughs> they put her in the um Oh, crap. What universe was that? A few moments later. I don't remember. What did you think remember. of the end credit scene? I don't think I saw that. Because I didn't expect there to be one. I thought that was the end credit scene. Again, I watched this like three nope. days ago. Hold on. Let me double check. Because 
end credit scenes merge into the movie or whatever it is for me because I hate end yeah, credit sorta. scenes. They're stu- they shouldn't be cut off like that. It's dumb. It was also kind of nice to see uh, Doctor Strange get like he's kind of a watcher now, sort of. Like he's a he gets to guard the the bubble. I thought that was nice. Uh, it was a good use of the mirror dimension as well. It also directly demonstrates that the watcher does explicitly control the mirror dimension, and that was nice. Um, because that was something I think I speculated on a couple episodes ago or last week. So it's like Ooh. hold on. She what universe is this? She's in the oh, it's the what if the Avengers uh what if uh we lost the Earth's Mightiest Heroes episode? Uh, because it's in the universe where Loki took over. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. I just couldn't remember which one it was. That's cool. What's the end credits here? Hold on. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot. Sorry. I'm stupid. Um, I didn't see it. Oh, dang. So, yeah, I think the end credits is setting up just Winter Soldier, but different, and I am down. I don't... I didn't get any vibes that the end credits scene was setting anything up. I thought it was a really nice fake out that uh, everybody deserved to get the happy ending and pretty much nobody got it. But then Widow was surprised with it. And then you got credits and then Carter got the happy ending. So I think it's a false happy ending, though, because. Yeah. There's, sure, the pers- can, there's a person inside it. that suit it's it's steve so like steve fell in essentially the same scenario that like bucky did so he's gonna be bad for a while yes i get that it was just it wasn't a hard no no it was, it was like, nice here have a bone that was really dumb to put that behind a post credit, though. It's just another epilogue yes. section. Yeah, why wouldn't you just add it? Like that's it's yep. just like that dumbass white vision end credit scene. That literally should not have been an end credit scene. That's a part of the story. Most end credit scenes, I think, in Marvel properties at this point are basically just epilogues that shouldn't have been cut off. I think Far From Home in particular demonstrates that where it is the actual ending. That's dumb. Like mm-hmm. if, if earlier they really were just like, ooh, it's a little tease for whatever. That was fine. I got tired of it, but I'm butthurt about it. Who cares? But now it's just cutting off like parts of the main narrative and putting it behind 30 seconds of credits. Mm-hmm. Like, is it just to accrue more watch time or something? Because that's I don't think Disney Plus gets money like YouTube does. <laughs> no, I that's kind of weird. It's probably just we don't want to tease something and then have the contract fall through. So we're going to put something there and it's just going to fulfill the story you just saw and make people sentimental about the movie they just saw. I guess that makes sense. Um, that kind of, yeah, I guess there, there's definitely some cynical business reason behind it. Um, yes. So moving on uh, star Wars visions, uh, episode three, the twins. Awful. I wanted to commit a hate crime. I, Almost Holy did. shit, you guys are dumb. <laughs> no, Spencer, you're no. a dumbass. You are actually the dumbest shit in this room right now. I knew when you guys were talking about it, I knew it was going to be this episode. And I was sitting here because this isn't normally the type of narrative or style I like at all. I was like, it's bad. This is kind of a bit very, very melodramatic. I kind of enjoyed it, though. <laughs> Can I please? All right. This is exactly what Spencer was shitting on anime about 
two or three weeks ago. Yeah, you know, I will be shitting on it when there's a cat girl. That's when I'll be dipping out. That is it's not gonna the be cheapest girl. shit that people just dump out. It's uh-huh. so cheap looking. There's no detail. The stormtroopers look like marshmallow peeps that mm-hmm. have sat in a car all day. Like there's there was no definition to the stormtroopers or the star destroyers. There's no lines. <laughs> there I'll are be just real hard outlines. That's it. I'll be real pretentious and say it felt at least when I was watching it, it felt like it was done intentionally and it wasn't done to be cheap. I can't explain or elaborate. No, on it's that. A, it's an art style choice because they've used that for the their they did short anime things for Disney. Yeah, it, this is the same art style they've used. But the thing is, I don't like it. It's it just doesn't. I don't feel like. I don't want to rewatch it, but I wasn't sitting there ready to gouge my eyes out. Until I was the end with like the mega lightsaber, and then I went, "All right, this is fucking cool." <laughs> Sue me, I don't care. The mega lights, the ginormous fucking lights. <laughs> You're fucking annoying, <laughs> dude. It's out of continuity nonsense. My goodness, let it have some fun. No. Speaking no. of annoying, in a 16 minute episode, they kept doing the classic. I need to do this thing and stop the thing from happening. That like, was annoying. That happened at least three times, <sighs> if not five. It happened the whole time. The whole episode. <laughs> Um, oh, you got a bad feeling about this? That was annoying. <laughs> That's in every single episode. Well, yeah, of course. It's going to be in every episode. No, that line delivery not. was cringe. Um, okay. Oh, you got, a bad, you got a bad feeling about this? <laughs> Colin, Colin has a really good point about it, though. Like, I think that because each of these episodes is made by a different studio, they all go on their own in their own workspace without talking with each other. Hey, we need to make this Star Wars y. We love Star Wars. What's classic Star Wars? That's a classic line. That's something Star Wars is known for. So yeah. they want to include it in their work and reference yeah, none Star of, Wars with it. None of the so studios were this, supposed to talk to each other. Like they're not, it, this isn't that's understandable, to but they should know so, oh, at least two or three of these guys are going to want to do this. No. My point is that there should be a director that proof watches all of these and goes, yours is dumb. Take yours out. Yeah, some of them don't deserve that line. There there should be an 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 oversight of like very minuscule proportion just to make sure that this doesn't happen. I don't know. I think that that's gay. I'll take a cringy line delivery in every episode over someone going, you shouldn't do that because other people are doing it. I think that's no, not because other people are doing it, but it's like, that's dumb and shouldn't be in here. There's no point for it. In some of them that there is no point like this movie. There's no reason for it to be there. Who the fuck would take that position? You, so either you have someone from Lucasfilm who knows nothing about anime overseeing like 10 different anime studios to proof watch their work that they know nothing about. Or you have someone in-house from each studio. Who says that. someone at Lucasfilm who, doesn't who, know what how, they're... There probably is. There might, there might be. Because Star Wars, The Clone Wars, is literally anime. I know that. Just I, have someone okay. do it. What? Just I, give it to Dave Filoni? Make him do something else? Yeah, why not? Oh, my gosh. He loves this shit. Let the man sleep. <laughs> he doesn't want to. I can see it in his face. <laughs> 
you're telling me that somebody at Disney didn't watch their visions before it went online. Oh no, for sure. They, they watched it and went, Oh, Hey, does this like have rape jokes in it or whatever? But like, I'm, I would be willing to bet copious amounts of money that they didn't go. We should proof watch this and then give notes. Like there, I, I don't think there were any producer notes from Lucasfilm on this. They just proofed it and said, all right, we're shipping all of this now that it's been like content approved. I don't know. I think this is like the it's, only it's time. Dumb. It, it's dumb and it happens, whatever. Star Wars. Yep. Speaking Star of Star Wars, Wars is dumb. Let's be real. True. Speaking of Star Wars, Book of Boba Fett is our next piece of Star Wars content after this Jeez. is done. And that's not that far away. Fuck. That's in December. Fuck. Yippee Kaye. I'm excited for that. That's overlapping with Hawkeye, too. That's my birthday present. No, I'm your birthday present. No, you are not. Oof. Cock and ball. You're my Christmas present, bitch. Oh, yeah. Colin wants fucking Boba Fett's cod piece. Yeah, where? Ha- what happened to it? Where is it? Why is it not there anymore? <laughs> Did he get his, shot in the balls no, and then he couldn't ball, use it anymore? No, because his balls got bigger over time. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> but um, now he really needs one to, like, to hold no, it. Now they're just invincible. Well, I mean, they're big and they're probably saggy, too. Oh so gosh. something needs to hold it up. Okay. So this week, Jacob and I watched a movie that we can definitely Whoa. say was a movie that we're going to tag team review so I can like timestamp it better on the video. So Jacob and I watched Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Fuck off. <laughs> you watched that gay shit? Yeah, dude. We went on a date and watched it. Um, we held hands. Yes, we did. Was it was very scary. That, uh, yesterday. <clears throat> uh, yeah, so obviously it came out this year. Uh, it was produced by Columbia Pictures in association with Marvel and Tencent Pictures, distributed by Sony, uh, directed by Andy Serkis. Tencent. Directed by Andy Serkis from a screenplay by Kelly Marcel based on a story she wrote with Tom Hardy. Jacob, do you want to give a summary of the plot of this movie? There's an attempt at consequences from the last movie that falls through, but it leads to the symbiote and uh, Tom Hardy uh, arguing and splitting uh, like the odd couple. And then carnage happens and they have to find the power of friendship and beat the bad guy. That is a pretty accurate description. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Lots of tongue happens in this movie. Um, Yeah. Uh, You like tongue, Colin. No, I do not. Yeah, you do. Colin, shut the fuck up. Yes, you do. No. So this movie doubled down on the unintentional comedy of the first uh, Let There Be Carnage, which I wrote down in the like mocking Spongebob way of like, let there be carnage, you know, that type, you know, when you do like the uppercase and the lowercase and the the stupid way you write. Yeah, that Um, (laughs) edits through the plot at a breakneck speed. Uh, Circus's directing is solid and you can feel his background in VFX assisting to cover for the really, really, really rushed post-production. Um, and, and I think the attitude of that's pretty cool, even though it's kind of shitty that he had to do that. Uh, the comedy, I think, hit a little bit better than the first because it's actually aware of why it's funny, unlike the first, which was kind of an accident. Um, the romantic and also buddy cop dynamic between um, Eddie and, and Venom was cool. Uh, Cletus as a character was interesting, but completely and utterly neglected. Uh, 
uh, something I think Jake and I both agreed on having the potential for like basically a murder mystery about like a serial killer would have been fucking awesome. And they're like one puzzle. And now the plot is moving and that was it. It was kind of dumb. And it kind of felt like seven kind of puzzles too. It was, it was really, really interesting. Yeah. It could have been infinitely better. And I think it's so weird because on the one hand, it shows how shitty of a reporter Eddie Brock is that Venom's like, no, 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 this, no, not that, this, that you're fucking stupid, which is weird because apparently, uh, you know, according to the first movie, like he's like big, big, impressive boy who had his fall from grace. So like, how the fuck did he get this far? Because he's an idiot. Like he's a full on jackass. And so it's intentional, but it doesn't make sense. So two points uh, from what you've said in your review so far that you went too quickly. I couldn't comment on um, just like this movie Spencer went too quickly. Was, Spencer was really, really upset about how quickly the the story went. Uh, but I countered that it's a, a 90s <laughs> Venom movie, like 90s comic book character movie. Like, you're not here for a Scorsese dramatic performance. So there has to be some sort of balance like that. And I appreciated how quickly it went. I'm not looking for a four-hour Venom movie. But I guess two and a half, two hours wouldn't be bad either. It um, is just weird because it was 90 minutes and they said it was intentional. It just it felt like it was like five minutes long. It not in like, it, a, oh, wow, it's just it was a quick adventure. Like the movie doesn't fucking breathe. I can't think I can't see that. What the fuck's going on? Because it's editing so fast. It's like, what What are we doing? What, what I, are we doing? Wait, where are we now? That, I think the quick editing is intentional to cut down on budget, but probably. Um, I don't know. I didn't mind it, but it definitely kind of felt like it got snipped a little too much, too much trimming. The other thing was uh, the very, very soft lighting in all the CGI shots uh, was very intentional. It, it, it has to be, um, which kind of sucked because you kind of want to see these cool venomous uh I, I don't have words. Character Cummy designs. Men. Cummy men. Yeah, okay. short. The, the big, the Those big were slop- different adjectives. <laughs> the big sloppy cummy men with their long tongues. Yes. You, Characterization, I, cummy yeah, men. Whatever. You want to <laughs> see it happen. <laughs> yeah, you don't get to like, like legitimately when Carnage reveals himself, you see him for like a couple of frames. And even his big dramatic reveal shot is like one second long. It's like, Holy shit, I want to look at like all it's of it. Really dark. I'm talking about the lighting. It's yeah, soft the, lighting. It takes place to see anything. Yeah, it takes place mostly at night and in really low light environments without a lot of like key lighting. Cuz like usually Ugh. when you do like a film set, you have your what's actually doing the lighting and then what it's supposed to look like is lighting up the thing. So if you're like in a bedroom, there'll be like uh maybe there's like over so like in the room i'm in now there's overhead lights we're being lit by overhead lights but that looks horrible for films yes uh, unless you're trying to get like physique shots but like other than that down lighting is shit so you would most like cinematographers and set designers would like turn the lights really far down and then you'd have like a fill light 
around near the tops of the room that's like out of frame. So it looks like the light's coming from there, but it's coming at entirely different angles. But the whole movie is just dark and not like it's dark and shadowy. It's just like, I just can't really see. There's no shadow. Good luck watching this on your phone while you're on a train ride or something. Yeah. And I think I, I definitely think that that was intentional of like, we won't have a lot of shadow effects. We won't have a lot of particle effects. And then that just cuts down on all the work that the VFX guys have to do. Cause you don't have to worry about, Oh, how shiny is venom? Cause he's a weird sloppy wet dude. Like you can see he's like sloppy and wet, but there's no like reflections or shadows on him like at all. And I, it, it, it's interesting to think about, but it makes it a lot less interesting to look at. Um, I do, I do think the action was better than the first one because the first one was like a big cum puddle. Like it was just two dudes in big old cummy suits, like slapping each other. And that I kind of liked, <laughs> but this one does do it a little bit more interesting. There is a lot more like cummy slaps. You started it. I'm going to keep using it. Um, <clears throat> it felt like there was actually a good amount of weight and impact behind a lot of the stuff that was going on. And I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but something that the first movie set up that this movie has to deal with is the fact that venom is the only one of the species that can't make like constructs. And that's stupid because normally only carnage can make constructs in the comics. And like, that's cool. He can make knives and like throw them and shit. But in the first movie, riot can do that which means all of them except Venom can. So now they're just the same. Venom's just like Carnage. It just happens to be red and has no personality or voice. He speaks like twice. Really? Speaking of yeah, it no was personality, weird. you had Scream? Shriek? Shriek. Yeah, she's not a symbiote in this one. And that was kind yeah, of weird. Which it, it made her feel more like a mutant I think they said the word mutant, and that was weird. Did they really? I think. It it doesn't make sense. Also, having Naomi Harris play opposite of Woody Harrelson when they're like 20 years apart is fucking hilarious, because apparently Woody Harrelson in this movie was a teenager in 96. Like, dude. (laughs) The man's like 60 years old. (laughs) Oh, boy. I liked it a lot better than the first one, but I also watched the first one once and was mad about where what I had done with my time. And this one, I wasn't. I actually enjoyed it. So I enjoyed it about as much as I enjoyed the first one. I There's more to think about if you're going to be really vague about it. But also, I think <laughs> this one wasted even more potential that it did have. Like, I get... really. I, I was going to say this one felt like less wasted potential. I just, so everyone that that has been enjoying it is like, guys, it's just a dumb, schlocky, like, B-movie. It's like, okay, but, like, that's okay, but it's shit for a B-movie. Like, B-movies still have cohesive quality to them. They're still enjoyable. The the first movie was accidentally fun because it was so stupid and lacked self-awareness. And this one's aware of it. It's a little more funny, but it still doesn't make sense. I'm not expecting high art. I'm not asking for high art. I understand that that's not aiming for high art. But like, even on a schlocky level, I can't fucking take it. Because it's like, ooh, we have mythology and there's science behind it. Like, no, shut the fuck up. 
you're trying to get the best of both worlds and it's dumb. And the post-credit scene is stupid and I don't want to talk about it. I don't remember it, so nice. Very forgettable. What's a good line from Uh, this? I just remembered it. Yeah, could we not? (laughs) No. Um, Colin, what's up, dude? There was one good line. You cannot eat Mrs. Chen. That I thought was funny. I don't know why. The line delivery was funny. Colon man. Uh, What have you been doing with your colon? Um... He, he stuck a stapler up there. All I've been... Whoa. How on earth did <laughs> you do that, Jacob? <laughs> I missed that. My headphones weren't on. My back was hurting. He said you uh, put a stapler up your butt. How? <laughs> <laughs> you think of the weirdest things, dude. <laughs> Thank you. So I watched... Like I said, I've just been watching BTS. But why are you watching BTS? Why am I watching BTAS? Yeah, why are you watching BTAS? Why well, not watch BTAS? Shut the fuck up, Jacob. I'm That's trying to make a question. point. But I've been watching BTAS because I've been working on my magnum opus Lego Batcave. Damn, bro. That's why I've been watching BTAS. You like them vibes? Uh, yeah, I love Epic those story, vibes. Because I noticed that all the custom Batcaves that people make or Batcaves based off of movies, there's only a Batcave based off of, like, accurate is from Batman Begins. And just the Dark Knight trilogy. Yes. But no one's made a bat cave, like a Lego bat cave, to look like BTAS. Because BTAS is simple. You it's think people would want to do that because yeah. it's simpler? Like people go like make custom ones and make it look like super high tech. And then there's people that make Lego bat caves that look like the Lego sets or some that even look like 89 or the comics or like 1930s tech. Mm. And strange. That someone would go to the 1930s, but wouldn't try to do BTAS because early BTAS is very like black and white tech, mm-hmm. like very old tech. Funniest thing I always remember when thinking about the Batcave is the buttons that Batman types with are the size of like his fist. Yeah, they it's are. It's not like keep like keep that. He's like, yeah, yeah, pretty much like he's a toy. It's so funny. I don't know why they made that decision, but it's funny. It's like watching, um, Buzz Lightyear try to play video games on an on like a human type controller. Yep. It's so weird. It is. It is kind of weird, but I always like that back, the back computer because it's not just like a screen. They added like piece like uh, PCs or like these big honking like just just containers that hold all the uh, hardware for the electronics. It's like you come down the stairs and straight away there's the back there's the back computer, and to your right is usually the um, trophy room. What I notice is the Batcave is inconsistent. Mm-hmm. There are the the traditional way that we remember it as. It's more of that way than not. But I watched uh, Worry Men. Oh, uh, yeah, Worry Men. It's one. It's like somewhere in season two, and it has to do with um, uh, Veronica, one of one of Bruce Wayne's rich lady friends. She brings back like these little worry men, which are these little wooden dolls that are from an African culture. And I think African con- culture, it's out there. And you put these worry men under your pillow 
and they do all the worrying for you. Like you tell them all like, oh, I'm worried that my butthole hurts and people are going to make fun of me for it. And you put it right onto your pillow and it does all the worrying for you. And you feel great when you wake up and you never have a worry or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's secret mind control chips in them yeah. made by the Mad Hatter yeah. to get money from the rich. And nice. the back cave that we're seeing is something totally different. It's nothing like any of the other back cave like scenes that we see. The caving isn't gray. It's brown. It's all brown. The only thing that we ever see brown in the back cave is the back computer. And the staircases are to the right of the back computer instead of behind them. Or, I mean, there's sometimes where the back computer is center and the staircases are to left. But it's like, it's the same staircase. And the ones where it's the staircase to the left and the back computer is there. It makes sense because over time, Batman would move stuff around. Like, why not? more technology, more stuff, move stuff around. And he puts it to the edge of the, the cavern, like how it is normally. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the staircases where the computer's not there anymore, they're still like computer looking esque things. It's just weird. Yes. Yes. So I've been piecing it together like a madman. And I totally forgot that there's an elevator in the whole bat cave, mm-hmm. like right in the center of the whole thing. Yeah. And then it's just gone eventually. Like once we get to the new adventures of Batman, that's the point where we have a continuity. Like finally, this bat caves this way forever, mm-hmm. and the elevator's gone. No reason at all. Elevator's gone. Walk up but that's stairs. what I love Walk about up the stairs. It's good for you. But that's what I love about BTS is that things can just go wherever, yeah. and you're fine with it because it's fun as shit. I'm now just realizing that the BTS bat computer in function doesn't make sense. No, it because- does not. Because like that, the point of of BTAS was that it it takes little bits from different time periods, so it ends up having kind of a timeless feel to it, whatever. Yep, yep. Um, but you know, timeline people uh, who have put together, you know, when it actually actually takes place, whatever. Like it it acts like it's connected to the internet effectively. Mm-hmm. It is able to access databases that. Batman wouldn't just have like in containers or like on his PC, mm-hmm. like other computers. It makes sense where like the, the ones from 66 or whatever, cause it like can read off the dictionary. And yeah, stuff. yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. But the, the Batman, the animated series one, it like accesses like the CIA database or whatever, like from the back. The cave. CIA not- wasn't even digitized yet. It would have still been all paper. Fi- How the fuck would we didn't you get, get the internet that? Until the it 80s. doesn't even make any sense. No, it's so bizarre, and I like it. It's just like that's weird. Nowadays, it makes sense why the back computer can do fuck all everything because it's connected to the internet. Yeah, but like in that weird spot where Batman the animated series was, like. Oh, in like no real sense. in our time. Yes. Oh, it yeah. Made, it, it, it made does, it made no sense. Like, how does how does Batman connect? To all these things, like when it was made, it's like how yes. does he connect? Because it, it? it does canonically take place in like the eighties and nineties, if I remember correctly. Up until I think up until the early two thousands, vaguely around when it was mm-hmm. actually airing. The technology is all over the place. Who cares? But like that's when it was. The internet couldn't do that yet. Mm-mm. It didn't have. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. So I'm thinking about who when they were writing that. They literally were just giving it superpowers that they didn't know we would be able to do. I think they're. I think weird. I think that what they were think, thinking was Batman always has state of the art stuff, so he probably has this that can do this. Well, yeah, Batman always has weird sci fi. It's just and like, Batman fucking in soup in da, 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 Road to Metal. Yes, Batman has a Batcave on the fucking moon with a yeah. teleportation device. Yes, it's stupid. Mm-hmm. 
Batman's kind of stupid. He's going to have stupid, yeah. crazy technology. Dude, he tied up the Joker in his basement. Of course, he's kind of stupid. Yeah, dude. In a secret, secret bat cave. Yes. It's not as um, cool as the secret, Colin. secret bat cave on Arkham Asylum Island, though. That's pretty sick. That was the sick. That has a bat wing inside of it that's unfinished. Mm-hmm. Colin. Yes. I know your brother just moved back into your house. Yes. Do you often go to bed? Worrying about your butthole hurting? No, it's the other way around because he goes to bed first. Do you need to talk to somebody? No, he should talk to somebody. <laughs> I am the one who knocks. <laughs> On other people's buttholes? Yeah, dude. I'm the butt knocker. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh. Well, speaking of our Patreons. Yes, Wesley Eaton, Jeff Lorenz, and, and Business Casual. They give us money. Simps. They patronize us. Simps. I think Especially we've run that joke to death. Casual. You know what? Yeah. We've run a lot of things to death, like your foot. Yeah. Don't touch my feet. I'm going to touch your His feet. If you're going to keep up. doing this with your feet all around the place, I'm going to touch your feet. Ew. Yeah, Don't I'm going to touch, touch those toes. I want to get in between them. I'm going to clean them out with a toothbrush. Interlink. Just, just don't put them in your butthole. <laughs> they won't fit. <laughs> Probably not. That's disgusting. Um... Yeah. Also, thank you to our partners over at Jetpack Comics and Games. They are nerds. They're fun, and they give us advice, and then we don't listen to it, and then we buy Superman Year One and regret our lives. Kyle guys, tried. Kyle I... tried to save us. Next time, listen to Kyle. No. Yes, guys. I'm flicking through the channels while you're running through the credits, and I found Suicide Squad. Don't do it. The, the first one. Don't do it. You Don't will commit it. suicide. I'll commit your why suicide. Why do people air this on TV? Because and wonder why there's war and crime and hate out. Dude, in the do you world. know how much money that movie made? Sadly, it was really popular with retarded fourteen-year-olds and people at Hot Topic. Gross. Yes, it was. Quite. I'm also just not realizing I've said retarded three times that I have to censor. Eh. Wait, you're doing this week? No, I'm not. Ha ha! Oh, okay. <laughs> Jacob, suck it. Retard, 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 retard. I'm not censoring. Retard. It. Retard. Oh boy. In my nuts. Continue. Swimming <laughs> retard. I was the fastest swimming retard. <laughs> so next week we will be discussing. Uh, Dark Knight's Metal, uh, the resist. Should we do the resistance or Dark Knight's Rising? Rising. I I don't care. Rising. Dude, you Colin don't even know what the fuck rising. they are. Shut up. I do know what they are. Just because I haven't read it doesn't mean I don't know what's going on. But Dark Knight's Rising is basically just a compilation of all the Bat Boys. Yeah. Fine. So next week, we will be discussing Dark Knight's Metal, Dark Knight's Rising, which is the collected edition of all the issues about the Dark Knights and their funky superhero powers. Whoa. 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 Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm. Please, no. Fuck. Stop. Shit. No. In my hands. So anyway. Jacob, please come comments. back and save me. Let us know in the comments. Uh, what you think about the new theme song? Should we keep it for the whole show or just keep it to October's when everybody's scared because metal is scary? 
keep it forever. I kind of want to keep it forever. No. Why not? That would never happen. You're acting like anyone will comment on any of our stuff. Why would anyone care? (laughs) We've gotten one comment in the entirety of our show. Yeah. Was it you? No. (laughs) I leave comments just because I'm trying to help the fucking algorithm. We've never gotten comments on anything except like one right at the beginning. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Weird. I always ask a question and I pin the stupid thing. I do the whole nine yards and we never get any responses. You guys suck. You simps. You're it supposed was... to comment on our friggin' videos. Why aren't you? I mean, if you're a real you... simp, you would be doing that. A... Yes, I'm a simp. I'm gonna shame it you. It was a purple shame. heart emoji. Shame. Yeah. I mean, we do. It was have... a purple heart emoji. I printed it off like a boomer and wow. put it on my bedroom wall. It's the only purple it heart you're going to get. <laughs> True story. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we do have 30 YouTube subscribers, you know, not to flex or anything. And we get like... Not to flex or anything. We get half of them listen on YouTube. So, you know, it's something, but they never leave any comments. Leave comments. Feed the algorithm God Barbados. Otherwise, he's going yes. to eat us. Consume us Ooh. with his... He can eat me first. He can eat my butthole real fast, real good. <laughs> Goodbye. General Kenobi. Uh, More like Yoda. Yeah, that was kind of weird. All right. Uh, I'm good now. I had to scrape the brains out of my earbud. Okay, cool. Um, this, This is the attached cable. You can still do it with that. And it's longer. But then we have the floppy one hanging Who cares? around. I can do this. Or, yeah. I Would can you sit comfortably. Guys, just take mom. your pants off do and it. screw already. No. I think he's talking, but I can't hear him. I took it as a compliment when Spencer said I come up with some of the nastiest things. It's pretty impressive. And now I can't hear you. And you probably can't hear me. You just left me. I'm just going to sit here and talk until you hang up. Spencer shaved his head again. He looks like a cue ball. Colin has not shaved his head ever. He looks like a chuzzle. Uh, Furby. Oh, you guys can't hear me.